Hello and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I'm your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Carla of Black Poppy Woodworks located in California. Uh, Carla really... (laughs) She introduces herself as an amateur woodworker and artist, um, but really I'd say she is absolutely 100% a woodworker and artist and um, really growing into how she brings art to woodworking. Um, So great conversation with Carla. Uh, We get a little bit into the power carving at the end um, because, you know, I can't resist when it comes up the opportunity to talk about power carving. But great opera, great interview with Carla, and I know you're going to love it. So before we hop on in with Carla, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons, to the Revolution Pod Squad over on Patreon. So thank you so much. Annette of 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Dorsize Workshop. Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Toolmom, Bonnie, Tool, uh, Toolmom, Bonnie, ToolmomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Brandy, Studio, Oak Bay, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And let's get into the interview with Carla. Um, since you've listened, you know, I, um, I do like to start by having my guests introduce themselves. So if you're up for it, we can go ahead and get started with that. Yes. So I am Carla Vasquez Strayhorn. I consider myself an amateur artist woodworker. And I own a small business called Black Poppy Woodworks. I have four children. Uh, my son just turned three. My youngest daughter is about to turn five. And then I have two older daughters, 16 and 21. I met my husband while we were both in the military and we're both out now, but we have been married for nine years. Okay. Awesome. Where Did you serve in the military, like in California area? I did not. Um, I joined, I joined in Los Angeles. I went to UCLA and that's where I joined ROTC. So when I first commissioned after graduating college, I worked in LA just until my first uh, duty station. And that was about six months and then left California, uh, until kind of recently, (laughs) Um, went all around serving everywhere else. I got out while I was in Washington and then my husband was still in, he got stationed up in Northern California. And then that's where, then I moved that we, you know, we moved there and lived there until we came here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you glad to be back then in Southern California? Yes. I couldn't wait. Um, I was happy to be in Northern California, because it was California. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do, I am partially California, just having grown up here. Um, so I was closer to my family than when I was in Washington and everywhere else in like the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so once 
both my husband and I did corporate America for a while. And then we were like, yeah, I, I, when my, when I had my daughter is when I decided to become a stay at home mom. Um, but before that I did corporate America. I did blue collar work. I was, I did firefighting. I was an EMT for a while. And that was the path I was going to stick with until I got pregnant with my, my daughter, my two older daughters are through marriage. So when I got pregnant with my daughter, obviously everything changed. Um, (laughs) and I tried to go back to work and that didn't work out with my schedule and my husband's schedule. So decided to stay home, which was great, but we were all by ourselves up there Mm -hmm. uh, with no support system. So it was a bit rough. So when my husband decided to change his career path also, I said, okay, well, let's start over. Let's go my family's down here. So let's go home. And, um, it's been great. So now I have my mother and uh, father live, I don't know, five minutes away. Mm-hmm. My brother is maybe 10 minutes, cousins, friends, all that stuff. So it's really nice, like mm-hmm. to have that support system and that help. So yeah, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <clears throat> I definitely understand that. I mean, like, that was what was hard when we started a family living in Oceanside because we didn't have any family there. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's definitely, yeah, definitely different when you're trying to like raise a family without any kind of exterior <laughs> support. System yes. And it just yeah. makes it harder. Like now here we're like, oh, we can we can go to the movies and watch like an adult movie. How awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're so young there going to the movies was non-existent anyway, but when we did, it was like, let's go watch, I don't know, you know, blues clue and see if the kids can sit through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, oh yeah, we can go watch whatever we want. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I want to, I guess, just get to know a little bit more uh, about your story of like growing up and what kind of things you were interested in as a kid? So everything hands-on, that's probably the case for a lot of makers. Um, From a little kid, it was all about blocks. Um, I actually wasn't a very social kid. Um, They thought that maybe something was wrong with me and then my mom figured out, no, it's actually, she's just very bored. Um, she likes to, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so like kind of traditional kindergarten didn't work for me. And my mom actually moved me out of regular kindergarten into Montessori. Um, and so that was more my style, more everything's kind of hands-on, independent mm-hmm. uh, working. So that's just kind of, I think, how my hands-on wanting to do everything with my hands started And then uh, my dad, as a teenager, if something had to be fixed in the house, I was right there with him fixing it in the house. And when I got my own car, it was like, you're getting underneath there and you're changing the oil. Oh, you need brakes? Okay, here's the tools. Here's how you change your brakes. Like, here's how you change your tire. Um, So it was just very, you know, that kind of gets you going. And, oh, I, you know, when I was about, I think, 17, I built like a little swing and I was like, He's like, here's a tool. Here's a jigsaw. Here's I'm like, oh, cool. How do you use it again? Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Like, um, so it was really fun uh, being able to kind of do those things like that. And then my senior year in high school, I started drawing. um, And that was 
what I did for through college. Um, I actually, I didn't go to college for art at first. I went for biology and then changed it. <laughs> while, while I was in college, <clears throat> I realized I was like, I don't know if I really like this. I want to do art. Um, so I submitted a portfolio to the arts and architecture school there at UCLA, got accepted, changed my major. I know there's probably wasn't the, it's never the popular choice versus like biology major to art major, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is what I want to do. It's fun. I love it. I want to actually enjoy college. Um, <laughs> so I did that. And like I said, I was in ROTC when I was there. So did not further that once I joined the military, because mm-hmm. now I'm focused on my military job, which was, I was, um, it's a really long title. It's CBRNE, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear engineering, um, or explosives. So that was my job for eight years in the military. Um, while I was in the military though, I did get chances to do lots of things here and there. Like I helped build our live fire range, um, cutting out targets, making them, painting them, making them look like people. We made like these, um, fake little like blood capsules so when you yeah uh, this is the kind of stuff we do but you know when you shoot it it's Mm -hmm. more realistic or whatever so it was was fun so I got to kind of I did a lot of that um building of targets various boxes and things like that when I had the chance in the military Mm -hmm. um and then when I got out one of the things you're trained in the military is as an officer is kind of like your natural path is to go corporate America because you're in charge of people and all that. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I worked um, for Target, for corporate Target. It was good, but again, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Stuck around there until my husband got stationed in a different, that was in Washington when he got stationed in California, and then we moved. Um, and then I was like, okay, since we're moving, I'm going to try something different. I went and worked at a chemical refinery for Dow Chemical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> completely hands-on. I loved it. I got to use tools every single day. It was great. Um, but still wasn't feeling fully. I was like, Oh, we didn't have our, our, my, our own children yet. The other children were older. I was like, I want kids. I'm not sure if this is the healthiest uh, place to work. Um, 16 hour shifts around, unfortunately, like kind of cancerous chemicals every day. Um, so that's when I switched over to the firefighting EMT and, but then got pregnant. <laughs> and like before, I, before my daughter, my daughter was like one. And then when I got pregnant with my son, so I kind of spent a while pregnant, raising the babies. And, mm-hmm. and um, so when I decided to stay at home is when the woodworking started, I said, uh, I, you know, here I am, the kids are, or my daughter at first is asleep. Um, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's, you know, let's clean, let's, fold onesies. Like I, I got this. And then it's, I'm still like, no, there's gotta be something else. And so I started making stuff for my baby mm-hmm. and, uh, baby toys. I made like a wooden rattle, tiny little wooden cutout toys, teethers, um, things like that for her. And then everybody's like, Oh, these are so cool. Um, I want one for my kid. I'm like, yeah, sure. Started making more. And then making little shelving like decor for her room. And then it just morphed to like friends and family saying, I want that too. And then, Hey, you should try selling that stuff. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> and it started like that. I'm like, Oh, let me try this 
Instagram thing. I didn't even really do Instagram. So throw some things on there and, and uh, it was working. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like people actually want to buy my stuff and I'm staying at home with my daughter. I'm doing what I love. Uh, and then next, you know, it was like craft shows and that's how it really started picking up for me was going to craft shows and mm -hmm. doing custom work, custom orders. And, uh, so now that's pretty much like where I'm at with doing more custom orders and then making whatever I want to make, which is the fav my favorite part, just makes up <laughs> to make it, um, which is where the craft shows come into play because I make whatever I want to make, uh, whether I keep it, gift it, sell it, or I just take it to a craft show. It's great. I'm like, hey, here are the, here's, you know, I was working on different things last month and this is all the stuff I was working on, take it to a craft show and it always goes over well. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I get to talk to people, which is my favorite part. <laughs> and people just get to kind of see, you know, what I'm capable of doing. And I love it because people can appreciate the artist in me. Mm -hmm at a craft show because you could see all the different things that I make and they're like you made all this like all of it and I'm like yes yeah, me <laughs> like, you have tools like yes I have tools I made these things by <laughs> hand <laughs> so yeah that's that's uh that's how Black Poppy Woodwork started um I was like oh well I'm gonna actually start doing this um for real yeah yeah <laughs> um, let me you know make a little business out of it mm -hmm. that's where I'm at now a makers. So today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept, that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting a Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. Yeah. Yeah, and I've um, I've followed along with you for a, a little while. Um, and I definitely love, like, I wouldn't call you an amateur artist and <laughs> a worker because I think, like, you definitely... Um, you know, always bring some element of, I would say, like, more of an artistic element to all of your pieces, like, versus, you know, just straight up, like, here's a cutting board, or here's a whatever, just out of wood, I feel like you always add a little bit of flair to whatever you work on. Yes, that's, uh, that is definitely what I try to do, make it different. Um, <laughs> I don't want it to look like it came from the store. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess I consider myself an amateur because it's like everything, there's so many mess ups, but it, I mean, it's normal, but every time I'm like, okay, how it's like something new for me almost every time, even mm -hmm. when, if I'm doing a cutting board, I'm like, I torture myself. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that way works last time, but 
why stick with that? Let's try something <laughs> completely new and different. Like, cause why not? Right. So right. then it's like, and then it's like hours in the shop, just completely like screwing stuff up. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. But um, so I think maybe just on some of the technical parts for me, I feel that way. Cause I'm like always like messing up in there, <laughs> but I you think, know, but I think that's how, I mean, I think that's how any either like any maker or artist like grows. Yes. Even if you completely change it the next time, there's still some skills that like transfer over and that you continue to build on. Like it might not be like doing it the exact same way. However, like you learn something from that to take into the next job. So um, I mean, I'm the same way. <laughs> I think that's why I have a hard time. Like I have a hard time doing craft show type stuff, like batching out like, you know, 20 of something. Um, like I've done it before and like I would do like coasters and wine bottle holders and <clears throat> stuff like that because it's a it's port pretty portable. It's not super heavy um, and it's stuff that people will pick up like in those yes. kind of scenarios. But, you know, by the time I've hit my, like, eighth coaster, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why? Like, there's nothing fun about this at this point. Yes, yes. Um, I definitely, you know, that is one thing that I think is cool about it is I, I don't necessarily make, like, a ton of it. So the last craft show I did, I only had two sets of four. I had eight coasters because I just felt like making two sets. And that's it. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough. There's two um, cutting boards. Let's see, I'll do, you know, five live edge. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then like one end grain, like that's it. That's all that's there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it's kind of like a little bit of everything. Um, And then, you know, on the other side, I'll, I'll do some like kids toys or whatever, some puzzles, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what keeps me kind of like out of that. um, I'm going to make. 30 of something because that sounds terrible <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, so yeah um but I think that's what people like like when they do come to my craft shows it's like a little bit of everything and there's only I'm just honest I'm like yeah I only made two of those and I probably I'm not going to make any more because mm-hmm. well that was a pain in the butt so that's <laughs> yeah. so kind of nice yeah I think I tend to like sometimes you know when you have to do that whole like quick elevator speech or just like give descriptive words of what you are or who you are, you know? And it's like, I'll say like I'm a woodworker and power carver, but a lot of times, like, I really feel like, no, I think probably the title of artist would fit better. And I just happen to work with the medium of wood um, because every single piece is unique. And I actually never want to make the same piece again. (laughs) so I feel like that's a bit more you know unfortunately I wished I wish some furniture and stuff like that was easier to reproduce you know like an artist can create like a painting once and Mm -hmm. not have to like do it again and there's ways for them to have that reproduced and sold as prints and you know (laughs) that kind of thing furniture is not quite the same way I mean, I, I wish it would be nice to like make yeah. a killer table and then just like, yeah, I reproduce that. <laughs> exactly. 
that would be great but that's also what makes that killer table just so special and so unique um sometimes hard to let go I know I've done that I'm like damn I wish I still had that table (laughs) I sold it like dang it (laughs) so how is it I mean so you've been doing this as your own business for a little while because you said your youngest is three now Um, yes so I mean compared to you know kind of military life corporate world that space which I feel like they're kind of pretty similar to each other um how does it feel to be your own boss and run your own systems (laughs) and all of that stuff it is the best (laughs) absolutely the best um going from you know even when I was in college I was ROTC so that was a very structured Mm-hmm. you know, down to the T schedule. I also did college sports. So it's like, again, kind of, um, you're somebody else is in charge of you yeah. and everything you do. Um, <clears throat> so as much as I loved like the camaraderie of the military, which is the best part, um, and like con- kind of constantly learning about everything, um, the part that you, you don't have control of yourself, your anything. I mean, you literally mm-hmm. like 100% belong to the government. Um, so that's why that apparently, you know, not apparently it does transfer over to corporate America where you're still, you know, you're following somebody else's yeah. down to the T how they do everything. Um, so being able to now say, oh, I, you know, to feel like my own self actually comes out in my woodworking and just being like, free. I don't want to sound mm-hmm. cheesy, but it is, it's a sense of freedom. I'm like, I belong to myself now. You know, I don't have to be a certain way because of my job, um, being in the military and in the last jobs that I did, you're, it's real. it's not fully you because that's not necessarily like allowed. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, now being an entrepreneur, I'm like, this is, amazing um my husband's going the same route with um a franchise route but still you know entrepreneuring Mm -hmm. and we're like we're like oh we we can do whatever we want like um there is no like oh we can't do something with our kids because it's like well no we just reschedule Mm -hmm. our our jobs and now we to fit around our children and raising our children and everything that they have going on so it's so nice. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I missed out on like so much doing being in the military and, and even corporate America, mostly being in the military where, you know, you can't even take a vacation when you want to take a vacation. Right. So you miss right. out on like everything family wise. Uh, but now it's like, I don't have to do that. I'm like, Oh, we have a wedding to go to. Yeah, cool. Let's go, you know, rearrange our other things and let's go to this wedding, which is different than how I basically grew up. Cause you know, I, I, started doing military stuff as a cadet at, uh, I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was 23, I'm already gone and serving the military. So, and always away from family. So it's been very different, uh, now that being an entrepreneur, being able to enjoy all the other aspects of our actual lives. Mm-hmm. Nice. <clears throat> now I'm going to ask about like, I guess like the flip side of that, is any of that scary uh yes so of course um you know when it was I've 
been fortunate that uh, I made a lot of good financial decisions early in my life, um, pretty much from as soon as I joined the military, doing the right things with my money. Um, so <clears throat> when it was like, oh, I am not going to go back to work, uh, that was, you're like, wait, what? You know, what do I do? How am I going to live? How am I going to survive? You know, and uh, so I just kind of focused on uh, some investments and things like that. Um, I do own property that I supplement my income with um, rental property. So that was helpful. Um, but besides saying, okay, how am I going to manage this financially? It was also like, well, with nobody kind of guiding me and giving me like, this is what you're going to do. You know, we have like these rules you follow and mm -hmm. now you're like, I don't have that. How do I do this? Um, so it was, it was very scary. Once I kind of figured out the and it still is, to be honest, I figured out like, I guess the financial part of being an entrepreneur. Um, but now it's still kind of like, well, where do I go from here? How do you, you always want to try to grow. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas when you're, when you're in the military or corporate America, that growth pattern is like kind of set for you. You do these right. things, you get promoted, you do, you know, you get paid more uh, as an entrepreneur, you have to make that for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so you're like, okay, what's next? Like, how, how do I, do I grow in this? Um, I have yet to really figure that out, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a constant daily kind of battle with like, well, what's next? What should I do? Um, and it's always, I guess, kind of scary because you're like, is this going to work? You know? <laughs> right. So have there been <clears throat> like, have there been any moments of like where you feel like okay I went the wrong <clears throat> excuse me I went the wrong direction there um you know I still feel and my husband he kind of, he's like I think you would have met a great doctor and I'm <laughs> like I think I would have too but it wasn't like what I really felt I love like science. I mean, I still, I teach it to my kids. Like my daughter, she's not even five yet. And she knows a lot about anatomy of the body. Cause I just, I love it. She has an interest in it. Um, so I'm still like, when I was going the path of like, um, EMT to nursing, stuff like that. Um, I do miss that. And I do feel like that also kind of incorporates my artistic side, learning the body. So sometimes I'm like, I could have done that, you know, and I, mm -hmm. and I think about that, but then I come back to my kids and I'm like, yeah, but, and I wouldn't have been able to be home and see and enjoy like every breathing moment of them. So I'm like, yeah, I could have did this. And I might've been a doctor or, or even a nurse or whatever. Um, but again, I'm back at shift work and mm -hmm. always gone and, that's kind of what I was trying to get away from after the military. Mm -hmm. So it was like, man, do I want to have these really long days where I don't get to be with my kids? Um, and I, I just think it would have been different because I love the fact that I am always like with them and I don't have to miss anything. It's huge. And I didn't get that from, you know, my mother was a single mother 
growing up, um, you know, I was a latchkey kid. Like she's at work working two jobs. Like me and my brother are raising ourselves. And I'm like, you know, like that worked. No, nothing wrong with it. It worked. I turned out great, you know, right. but I'm like, oh, I would, it would be nice to not have to do that, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I get that. What do you feel like has been like the bet, the biggest success moment, like with black poppy? Um, I would say I've done some orders from like actual retail stores. And that has been, I just thought that was so cool. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Like you want to sell my stuff in your store? And, they, and they've been small like um, boutique stores, which are my absolute favorite. Like my, my favorite place to shop is small. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Um, and so I was like, wow. Like I put, I went and set up some things in a store and put my little thing and my little logo. And I'm just like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I would say like those orders from like small boutiques has been like my favorite. And I, I'm always in like awe of it. Um, and if, um, I also feel like when people ask me for like really important orders, um, mm-hmm. th- again, I'm like, wow, really? Like <laughs> me? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think it's like tapping into that when people want, um, truly handmade small, like I said, the small businesses wanting my stuff, I feel like that's the most success, successful thing to me because that's really like my goal is mm-hmm. to keep it really small and like very unique, but like also reach more people with it. Mm-hmm. So okay. <laughs> what are the, I mean, obviously you, you know, you work with wood. Um, you also work with resin though, right? Like you yes. do both. What's your, do you have a favorite between the two? Ooh. Mm-hmm. um that's tough <laughs> <laughs> that's tough because the resin part is like painting um colors and that really I get to tap into I used to do a lot of painting um I haven't picked it up again because it was oil painting was what I really knew and that um the smell and the mess and like the kids and stuff. I'm like, no, I don't need them getting into any of that. Um, <laughs> but um, it puts me kind of in that element again, mm-hmm. where I'm like, and I can mess up. And as long as the resin's still wet, I can like literally mess up, wipe it off, start over, or like mm-hmm. cut it off and redo the mold yeah. or like whatever. Whereas wood, um, <laughs> once it's done, <laughs> it's done. So it's like, oh, yikes, you know, I screwed that up. Well, now hopefully I'll try to turn that into something else, but. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to come back from. So I would say I think there's a little bit more sense of freedom with the resin work. And you, and you really don't know how it's going to come out at all mm-hmm. um, than the woodworking. So the woodworking is still freedom, too. But again, if you I mean, if you completely screw it up, like <laughs> yep. you're you're on to something else. Um so I like to do both. And that's kind of why I incorporate them into each other. Um, but uh, 
I think maybe the resin is also less messy. <laughs> you think? So I, I, I mean, I can do it like indoors. I, I you know, I build yeah. a little on the table, build a little like um, dam for, for leakage. <laughs> um, and I, it's something I can do inside and I can actually do it with the kids like running around doing, you know, I could do a pour and like let that set and then go do something else. Whereas when I'm woodworking, I have to be you know, isolated in my garage. Um, and obviously not the kids around cause it's dusty, messy and dangerous. Um, <laughs> so I guess it depends on like what I'm doing, like, Oh, for the day I'm going to do resin and I'm going to be inside, um, with the kids. And then on a different day, you know, I'm in the garage, like usually at night, um, making a mess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pod squad. So I have an exciting announcement for you this week. At the end of this month, since we're in September now, at the end of this month, there is going to be an online festival. The Empowered Makers Online Festival is a totally free DIY party designed to inspire, empower, and educate so that you can stop that Pinterest scroll and be the powerhouse DIYing woman that you're totally capable of being. During this four-day online event, you'll hear exclusive presentations from 12 incredible women DIYers and craftswomen covering topics like beginner electrical work, how to flip furniture, making time for DIY, and so much more. If you're ready to stop just dreaming about DIY and start taking some big freaking action, join us from September 27th through 30th for the Empowered Makers Online Festival. We can't wait to see what you create after this event. I can tell you I'm going to be one of the presenters talking about how getting to uh, learn how to use power tools uh, can help you feel empowered. Uh, so looking forward to hopefully seeing a lot of you over there on the online festival from September 27th through 30th. To get registered, you can go to empoweredmakers.com forward slash revolution. So again, that is empoweredmakers.com forward slash revolution. All right, let's head back into the episode. So I think, well, for me, because I don't have like proper dust collection or anything like that in my garage, it's a disaster anytime I do anything, whereas like the resin is more controlled. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see that. I mean, yeah, I power carve. So everything is covered in dust. Everything. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I still have to definitely up my dust collection game for sure. Uh, yeah. But I guess I feel at least personally, it's like I have had several you know, hundred dollar puddles of resin cool. end up <laughs> floor yeah um, <laughs> so that's where I'm like really because <laughs> you know I haven't had like I've had I did a I, it wasn't really like a river table but I had this huge walnut slab and I filled the cracks with resin um and I did have some leakage and I had a tablecloth I had it on a big table and I had a tablecloth and I just grabbed silicone and I'm like I can't lift it. It was huge. And I'm like, and I just mold, like I rolled up the tablecloth. I made yeah. this like mold and I just siliconed like, and I, I clamped it down. I put a bunch of weights on it and I actually like contained it to where it was maybe like a cup. 
lost because mm-hmm. I had note and I'm like, oh crap, it's leaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, from that one time, I'm like, what the heck did I do wrong? Like, what do I need? You know? And then I just, I'm like, okay, the, the, the taping off and the silicone, the mold is like so important. Yep. Um, so thankful to like YouTube, I got on there and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's what I need to do better. And, um, and I, and it worked. So I didn't have a lot of like leaks and stuff mm-hmm. after that. Um, so that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got into the resin game, like before it was popular and there mm-hmm. were like YouTube videos on it. Cause mm-hmm. I remember like scouring YouTube to try to figure it out before, like I started. Cause Resin's expensive. So yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, I want to know what I'm doing before, you know, like I go and, and do it. Um, right. But there just wasn't. And so I've like learned so much just from trial and error. And I've learned now it's like, even if I don't think the crack on the bottom connects to any other crack, I'm taping it. Like, (laughs) because I'm like, resin will find a way there. It will absolutely find a way there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy resin because that's where I too get to play the most with color, even Mm. though like I dye my wood pieces, you know, you still get to play with like a whole bunch of colors at once with resin um, and have so much more fun with color in that regard well I've seen your uh bowl resin bowl Mm -hmm. and I'm like that looks so cool but then I'm like that's gotta be it so hard to clean up (laughs) it is it is Um, like before the next time before I spin another one it's like I need to build a a better enclosure so it doesn't go flying like everywhere yeah Um, (laughs) yeah that looks fun though (laughs) it is it's super fun um it totally always takes me back to like being a kid and doing the like spin art you know Mm -hmm. little tiny tables with the little like paint spin art um it's totally like that um and I plan to do some more experimentation without resin like I want to experiment with just alcohol ink um directly onto the wood without doing any uh, resin base on it just to see like what I can accomplish with that yes that was, um, that's cool yeah it would be fun I've dyed a couple pieces with food coloring and alcohol um okay. it was cool it was cool it's, yeah it's interesting <laughs> yep yeah that's always fun and uh I had a gourd artist on the podcast and I haven't found it yet but she talked about oh what are they called they're called like ink dyes that are made specifically for gourds Mm. um and I haven't really been able I started searching but I haven't found any um and that seems like a fun medium because she said there's no alcohol in it so it doesn't the problem with like alcohol inks you know is it's like the alcohol dissipates so quickly that you can't you don't really get to move around that color it's like it is wherever it lands like that's (laughs) where it is um but she said that this um these ink dyes like you know they're movable and they don't just dissipate um so I think that could be fun 
to play around with those and yeah wood spinning that sounds sounds interesting yeah i have to have to listen to that one i haven't got to that one yet (laughs) (laughs) i think i saw her her cover cover photo though so yeah 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 she does some really i mean i was i found her through actually a wood carving post somebody had shared one of her gourds because she does these gourd lights where she carves the you know carves the gourds and then puts a light inside to shine through the carving and I've always been fascinated by that that's something I've wanted to do with wood I just haven't really figured out the best way to have it come out the way I see it in my head like I've played around with it and it never comes Mm -hmm. out quite quite where I want it to be Uh, The learning aspect. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but I've seen you start. You're like messing around a bit with uh, wood carving as as well, right? Yes. So <clears throat> I tried power carving. That was like one of the first things I I did um, because I I wanted to make a bowl, and I was like, mm-hmm. I want to make a bowl. Um, and I said, well, let me. I had an angle grinder, and I'm like same thing there wasn't a lot of information or tools all the tools now i'm like oh my god that's amazing i wish i had that um so all i knew was like grinding disc um and flat disc and Mm -hmm. i didn't know where to get anything from i just went to like harbor freight yep um so i bought a harbor freight like this metal disc with like these little bumps on it's similar to what it's a terrible version of what is out now with like yeah. the big, you know, cuts all this. Cuts and all all, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and flat disc starting at, you know, 30 grit. Um, yeah. And I just like went to town. I made four bowls total and um, out of oak and mm. honey locust. And I was like, the like honey locust is so hard. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. And it was so hard and so time consuming. Um, and I love them though. And I was like, these are great. So I made two honey locust bowls. I love those. And then I did the, um, Oak bowl. Somebody gave me a log that uh, from a tree that fell down during a storm. And I was like, Oh, cool. I'm going to carve this. And I'm out there just like flinging wood chips from the (laughs) bark everywhere. I didn't even know about like debarking first. Yeah. all these things. And I mean, I'm just, and I didn't have a, I didn't have a shop. So my, I didn't have a garage. I had my shop in the backyard on the patio. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just like destroying our whole entire yard. It was so crazy, um, but so fun. And then um, I said, you know, for the Oak ones, I was like, I want to sand these. I want to coat them in resin. <laughs> and I actually like found a resin, like a quick dry resin and coated mm-hmm. it. it kind of started off like that. Um, but then I just took a break for like a really long time because I was like, that is, you know, it's kind of brutal. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> started tinkering with like other stuff where that's kind of when I got into like wall decor, um, mm-hmm. same really interesting wood where you don't have to do much to it, but add, cut, you know, make it into a wall art. Um, started doing that. And that was, that was fun. Um, so now I've, there's all these cool tools out. I'm like, I'm getting those and I'm going to, do some more power carving again. Cause I just love take, like you can make anything literally. I feel like you can make anything power carving. Um, mm-hmm. And so now I feel like <clears throat> another rabbit hole to go down. I'm like, Oh, I got, <laughs> you know, ball spheres and I'm sitting yep. there like just doing all these different things and it chews through the wood, like 
way faster, obviously, than yep. a third-rate flapper disc. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, I'm impressed that you tried that. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Like, the only thing that was out there when I started power carving uh, that was, like, out there on, like, YouTube and information-wise was um, some of the big YouTube makers were starting, had been given the ArborTech stuff, Arbor, and so yeah. they were, you know, doing those. So I, like, I just went out and, like, bought all that. Um, I don't use the ArborTech stuff at all anymore. <laughs> I've you know, moved on as I've learned different things. Um, but yeah, I remember like, and it still is like, I would say the thing that evolves the most for me in power carving is how to sand. So like yes. we've gotten the carving down pretty good, like, you know, so it's not as like stressful on my body anymore to get down to like the rough shape, but <clears throat> sanding all of those rough shapes is like a continuous progression of like figuring out okay I try this and it doesn't work um so like I started with like the flat discs on the grinder too and learned pretty quickly that I mean it gets rid of the rough stuff but it's pretty hard to like get those intricate curves done mm -hmm. well um and hand sanding is just a big no thank you um <laughs> I just don't want to do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I saw, I mean, I saw you posted, you like, you did some power carving on, on Redwood and you're like, no, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, Redwood. That was uh, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess I had this piece and I was like, well, there is not going to use it for anything else. Right. Um, I did finally get the uh, saber tooth grinder disc. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, you know, let's do this. <clears throat> and I've tried that on, um, on Walnut before. And I'm like, oh, that, that was great. That wasn't yep. bad. So I was like, I'm going to just turn this into a tray and I'm going, and it's just like this fuzzy splintery yep. mess. I mean, it's just like, it's chipping. It was like, I was like, this was a terrible idea, but I started it. Right. So I was like, mm -hmm. gonna finish it. And then you get to the end and now it's even, it's fuzzy. And like, like you're, I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not sanding this. Right. So I hit it really quick with like where I could with like an orbital sander. And then that's when I was like, I just took a blowtorch to it. Yep. Like, Burn it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a black redwood bowl. And then uh, right. <laughs> added some color to it real quick. And I'm like, Oh, it's a cool Halloween candy dish now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made the very first like professional thing I made, which was I made it in a woodworking class when I, classes that I took when I was in uh, Southern California and so the first project is always like a clock they give you some like designs you have to pick one of the designs and then like you can alter it some but you know you're making a clock and because I was in Southern California I had I had like bought off of Craigslist some like old growth redwood that somebody had from like a family you know family property or whatever because you're not supposed to harvest old wood uh, mm -hmm. old growth redwood so like I had bought a bunch of it and I loved it but it was like then that I learned like if you just look at redwood wrong it dents like that <laughs> <Yes>. stuff <laughs> is so soft it's so soft <laughs> so soft and so I made this whole clock out of it I mean it's gorgeous we still have it I love the clock to death but I remember like at the end of the class they had like an open house for people to come through 
like see everybody's like finished projects, you know, people were taking pictures and I had my clock laying down cause it's a, it's a pretty big wall clock. Uh, so it was like laying down on the table so people could look at it. And this woman's like taking pictures of it and drops her camera oh, no. on the clock. And there's this huge dent. And I was just like, I mean, I almost cried. Like she was, I, it was total accident, you know, and she was so mm-hmm. apologetic, but I was just like, no idea how many times I've had to take like hot water and an iron to this redwood because of how many dents it gets yeah um it's just so so I've never tried to carve it but I totally 100% believe that it's like got that whole fuzzy like you'd probably have to do it all with like fine discs so that it wouldn't um be too aggressive on it (laughs) I started aggressive to get like the initial shape. Right. Um, and then I wanted to, in order to do anything else other than like the chunky stuff, I had to go down to the finest mm-hmm. stuff, slow down. I used the little Dremel uh, pen version, slow it completely mm-hmm. down. And then like, you know, and I'm like, oh, that kind of defeats the, I mean, you have to do that for hardwood sometimes, but not as right. much as no. that. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> yep. I'll stick to the yeah. hardwood. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've only ever had one kind that was like fuzzy and it was, um, it was from a neighbor's tree and it's that like fell in our yard. So we cut it up. Um, and it's like Eastern red bud, I think is the type of tree. Um, and it's a really pretty wood. Um, I think partially I was probably carving it before it was fully dry too, mm-hmm. but it was that really fuzzy um it was so weird it was just like the weirdest thing I have ever carved um and then I had to do like a ton of sanding to just mm-hmm. get it down to like where it was like a polished feel right <laughs> yes hey makers today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com at toolmomstore.com you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also, great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20 percent discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com all right let's head back into the action not fun (laughs) i had to find some other use for softwoods (laughs) yes yeah so what uh what um what things are you looking to start like getting experimenting with you know in the near future uh I want to I want to get a little bit more into furniture um so I feel like comfortable with building a tabletop or Mm -hmm. a simple like something super simple but as soon as I think about making like the legs for said said tabletop I'm like yeah (laughs) um so and I I mean I don't want to do like a straight up and down leg yeah excuse me 
So I'm sitting there thinking, well, how do I cut angles and make it so different? Again, you know, this is like, mm-hmm. like you like we were talking the artistic part of me where you're like, no, just a square table. That's too boring. Um, so I want to kind of start experimenting with, I would say, I guess, cutting angles and learning um, stress points and things like that of, you know, if I put it together like this, is it, one, is it going to hold? Like, where are all the, I guess maybe like the math behind cutting angles and joint and joinery mm-hmm. um, is something that is so fascinating. I look at like good joinery, real joinery, and I'm like, God, I want to try that. But then I'm like, <laughs> but then I look at it and I'm like, do I really want to hand cut dovetails? <laughs> but <laughs> it just, again, it's like, it's in my head. I think about it and I'm like, one day I need to try that. I just have to try it to see <clears throat> if it's something that I like doing or like completely hate. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I would I say mean, furniture. <laughs> yeah. I would say like, once you start looking, like if you want to do like tapered legs and stuff, um, Tamar of three by three, something. Yes. <laughs> she has, I have her seen her. jigs. Like yes. you, yes. I mean, just watch all of her YouTube videos on her, <laughs> like how to make the taper jigs for the, for the table saw. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, those would be good. And then, you know, you can always get a dovetail jig for your router too, so that you don't have to do right (laughs) cut to start with, anyways. Um, I would say router comfort is something that I have been working on too. Um, Man, there's something about just I'm with you. (laughs) Comfortable table saw all day, every day. Router, I'm like, okay, exactly. Like, what am I going to do? Which way is the wood going to? if it flies like how to hold it all these things so um yeah yeah that's a yeah I am right there with you that is the one tool um that continues to intimidate me um I will say it's helped getting like the smaller palm router like that's allowed me to start doing more you know, because I feel like I'm more in control of that versus my three quarter, you know, horse yes. <laughs> router. Um, and it, at least in my case, it probably does not help that I personally know somebody who like, you know, lost a couple fingertips from, from a router. Um, yeah. so it's like, I know how dangerous, like that they really can be, um, yes to me more so like you, to me more so than a table saw. Uh, like I'm much more intimidated by a router than a table saw, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We can work on our router uh, <laughs> confidence together. <laughs> yeah. I, I did the same thing. I, I, I got a, a palm router um, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like I have it, I can control it. You know um, I also do have a bigger router and don't really bust it out that much (laughs) you can do a lot most of the stuff with a palm router but um Mm -hmm. yeah the other one I'm like "Uh." Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I use it but yeah it's sketchy sometimes yeah yeah exactly exactly (laughs) I just it's it's less predictable than the Mm -hmm. table saw I think with the table saw I feel like it's way more predictable and once you know about you know kickback and how to prevent that I feel like and obviously keeping your fingers away from the blade but like once you're there, you're like, okay, I know what can go wrong. Yep. It, it, the confidence is there. And the router, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, 
like I tighten the bits to death because I'm thinking like yep. it's gonna fly out. <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't even get it off because I'm like cranking down on yep. it, trying to make sure like everything is so tight. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember I only used like even when I was in like, you know, classes for woodworking, I used the router as little as possible and pretty much only when it was required, like that it was like a required element of the build. Yeah. Um, and we even had like they showed they had a large shaper table, which, you know, those bits are like huge. I mean, they're yeah. huge <laughs> they're for like moldings and stuff like that. And so it was like required that we each like like we went through the training on it and we each had to run like one board through there. And that's all I ever did on it. Yeah. And I was terrified the entire time. Um, I was like, I'm going to lose my hand. <laughs> Just, <laughs> something spinning that fast is scary to me. Yeah. So you said you, 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 I, you're talking about classes. I, I do want to do that. I want to take a woodworking class, like so bad, like an actual professional class. And I think one of the things that is drawing me to that is like the shops are amazing. And I'm like, oh, I would just love yes. to yep. be able to use this, use that, get to know this. Um, they, I was looking into it out here. It's, it's a bit far it's a little over an hour drive. Um, it's in Cerritos. I was curious where you took your classes. Yeah, at. mine were in, and honestly, I think they ended up closing the program down, which sucks because they spent all this money and did new shop space and everything. Um, but mine was at uh, Palomar Community College in San Marcos is where I okay. took. They had, a, they had a, a furniture design and making program and a cabinet making mm -hmm. program. Like they had a few different majors you could take. Nice. Um, but I think the last I had heard is that program closed down because people who were take like it was a community college which means they ex expect people to like go through the two-year program and graduate with a degree and most of the people who were taking the classes were like old retired guys who just mm. wanted to like mess around in a shop that shop. was well yeah. equipped you know? <laughs> right um, but I will say and again this would be in San Diego but I know that sometimes you can find decent place, like decent classes through maker spaces. So if you have maker spaces that are even remotely close, again, mm. I know there's like a really nice big one in San Diego, mm. um, you know, where they have people who go through and teach like right. all kinds of different woodworking classes. And then there again, they usually have a much better equipped shop space right. with right. like higher end tools and you know, even some more like industrial type. Tools. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm definitely looking into it. Um, I think it would help like, I feel like, yes, could I figure these things out on my own, like that I want to kind of venture off into to, to do some furniture, but um, I think a class, I'm like, but a class would be great to really, really learn it and have that confidence. Cause I'm like, if I build a chair, I'm going to be freaking out. Like, yeah. I don't know if you should sit on that. <laughs> Even though I, you know, I'll research yep. how to do it first. It's still like the confidence of a actual class. Um, yep. I think, I mean, yeah, exactly to that point. It was like, it was the confidence factor. Like mm -hmm. I didn't get to finish the program. I actually had every intent to graduate from the program, but we ended up having to move back to Iowa. And so I didn't get to finish it. And there's not anything similar here uh, where I live. Um, but it was just enough, like, 
just having like three semesters worth of classes was enough to like give me confidence to be like, well, even if I know a technique close enough to what I want to do, like I can understand more of what I go out and research because like I have some background. And so it, it's just a little bit more confidence in right. that, you know? So I definitely am all about like classes give confidence, even if you never use that specific skill again, after you leave that class, like just the fact of like using new equipment and mm -hmm. like being able to be like, oh, I can do this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's something in the future. I'll make the drive eventually. <laughs> there you go. Maybe when my son starts school or something and there, I can have yep. some plane hours <laughs> during the day. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been interesting with woodworking, you know, with them around too, because they, um, one of my like favorite things and I just love it is like when my daughter's like my mommy's a woodworker mm. and I'm like oh my god I love that like she just sees she's like are you working today mommy I'm like yes I'm gonna go in the shop and work and she just like she kind of sees the correlation one, one like, second Carla sorry yeah. yes okay I'll be there in a minute all right <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah she gets to see the kind of like the correlation of like a, you know, a job and like woodworking. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so it's super cool. But my son, you know, he's a lot younger. So now he just wants to like pick up the hammer and like <laughs> go to town. I'm like, no, don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> yep, I totally understand. My daughter's the same way. She's five and a half and she likes to tell everybody that her mommy is a woodworker. So I love yeah, that too. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Carla, we're, we are actually at the end of our time together so I want to give you a chance though to let people know how they can find you and follow along with you uh so I would I would say I'm mostly on Instagram uh and Facebook but my Facebook account was hacked on a Friday oh, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah and I haven't got it back yet um but Black Poppy Woodworks on Instagram and hopefully soon again Facebook um, and that's pretty much where I put like everything. Uh, okay. I did open up a TikTok account, but <laughs> I haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, I'm really still figuring out Instagram too, but <laughs> if you want to see any work or just chat or whatever, I'm on there. So excellent. And I'll include the links, uh, for that in the show notes. So people can find you easily. Thank you. And, uh, thanks for chatting today. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, everyone, again, that was Carla of Black Poppy Woodworks, and I'll include the link on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. Just look for that in the description on your podcast app, or if you're watching this on YouTube, check the description down below for that link. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button, like, and comment, do a review. All of that helps the podcast get discovered by more people. And speaking of which, please make sure that you share about the podcast with your friends. Just a couple of friends will help us grow. I have a goal of hitting 10,000 downloads in one month by the end of the year, and we're starting on September now. Uh, so please help me reach that goal right now, averaging about 2,500 downloads. So trying to multiply that by four by the end of December. All right, when I am 
not making podcast episodes. You can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across all of the social media platforms. I'm active though on pretty much a daily basis over on Instagram. So at Freeman Furnishings over there, stop by and say hi. And while you're there over on Instagram, make sure you're following along with the podcast too. That's at Grafting Revolution. All right, it is Friday. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. I hope you have a great holiday weekend. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. Solution for the toxic masculinity, pollution is.